0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. You can't have plant-based breakfast without a plant-based egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st slash hrn.
2: With our growing season just around the corner, we're sowing seeds of knowledge and empathy on this week's episode
3: of Meat and Three, through four unique stories. I'm always shocked at how aggressive people are with their language. I'll have something like Japanese knotweed, and they'll say, you know, these are terrible, they're they're foreigners, they're invasive, And you know, but they're also, you know, they're really healthy if you eat them.
4: We're surrounded by seeds that have already
3: adapted to live with us, and they're actually already kind of living in the future because cities are hotter, and they're more polluted, and they're more fragmented, and these are the plants that can deal with that.
2: Tune in to meetin 3, available wherever you get your
1: podcasts.
3: So you don't shun the devil with your
1: rock and roll, Lord knows that country music's gonna save your soul, the devil runs.
3: Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague,
2: and I'm Greg
5: Benson. Yance. guys. Um, uh,
3: I think uh, I think off the yes. I think off the air. Greg mentioned that today is March 366th. Is that correct? Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, yeah. If I'm if I'm doing my math right, and it's not a leap year, then yes, it's March 366th today. We made it. We did it. <laughs> uh, I don't
3: know what we made or what we did, but but what you're what you're what you're describing is that we've gone a full calendar year of this. Uh, very odd state of, of affairs and, and living in our industry, uh, and it's uh, a terrifying milestone to have reached, right?
5: Absolutely, and it's. I, I was. I was reflecting on this this morning because I got one of those, you know, relive your memories from this day last year things, and it was actually our. It was our staff holiday party on March first, twenty twenty. We all went to Jeepney in the East Village, and we ate on one communal table with our hands, no utensils. And I was just kind of looking at these photos and just thinking like, man, is that the last time anyone's ever going to do that? At least for like, you know, five years. It has to be, right?
3: Right. Filipino restaurant that just kind of puts down the banana leaves and lays out food and you just kind of dive in, right?
5: Yeah. Lays out, uh, just, just to editorialize here, lays out fucking awesome food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's kind of the whole thing is it's very, you know, very family style, very communal, very kind of like, you know, just there's a ton of food here. Go crazy. And it, it's weird looking at the pictures from that and thinking, you know, it was a special occasion back then. But now it seems almost inconceivable.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it seems, uh, I don't know, so far away. It, it just seems... Seems far in the past that we were able to do that. And it still, as you mentioned, seems like it's going to be kind of far into the future when we can again.
5: Yeah. Um, And also, you know, I mean, we're coming up on the one year anniversary of the shutdown here in New York City, which is going to be an odd, sad day. That's March 15th, I think it is. And uh, yeah. And and, you know, I mean, there is. Hope on the horizon, you know, we got a new vaccine over the weekend. That's only one shot and you don't have to store it at Antarctic temperatures, which is really good. But it's just it's I don't know. It's weird having it be, you know, the the meme that's going around is, wait, wasn't it just March last month? How is it March again? Um, And it's going to be it's it's a weird time to sort of reflect on everything
3: that that has come to pass in the past year. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, it's been, you know, uh, but there are a few silver linings, and I'm sure we'll talk more about these on upcoming shows as we approach the the shutdown anniversary. But you know, honestly, I think the the show itself has seen a great silver lining, which is that though we're now uh, separated and in our own apartments uh, in our "quote unquote" virtual studio, it's given us the opportunity to have guests on from all over the place, which we always did. It's New York City; people pass through here, but we were a live show in studio, and if you weren't here, you weren't on the show. Um, and now we have guests on from, from all over the, the country and all over the world. Uh, it's, it's given us the ability to have Damon back in the virtual studio with us uh, more often, uh, which is a great thing to have. And then, uh, you know, people from we've had Australia, Peru, uh, Africa, like we've had some great guests on over the pa- over the course of the past year. Uh, and today is no exception to that. We've got uh, our good friend Chris Patino chiming in from uh, California today as well. Chris, how are you, buddy?
4: Oh, living the dream out here! It's a—I think it's a, a, a balmy seventy degrees on March first, and uh, I don't know that little bugger saw a shadow. But I'm telling you, I don't think six more weeks of winters in our cards this year.
3: I mean, you're in San Diego, right? That's correct. Yeah, uh, seventy-one degrees. That's—I mean—that's kind of year-round temperature for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean,
4: I have a sweatshirt on just to put things in perspective.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a, its pretty gnarly here in San Francisco. It's you know. Sixty-one degrees. I mean, like I, I'm a, I got a sweatshirt and a coat on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but so the, you can the, hear Sa- my teeth chattering. San
4: Francisco's different though. Like sixty-one in San Francisco is, is like forty-five somewhere else. It's there's something about the fog and like the air just cuts you like a knife. Yeah. Uh, uh,
3: yeah. When I lived in San Francisco, we 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 said uh, you know if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Um, That's right. It's, con- it's it seems like it's constantly fluctuating and changing. Um, well, Chris, uh, super stoked to have you on the show uh, and talk about um, everything you've done, everything you're doing, and everything you're going to do. Um, but let's catch up the listener as to kind of things you, you've done. Uh, tell us tell us a little bit about your origin story.
4: Well, not all the, uh, way, not
3: all the way back to birth.
4: <laughs> I was going to say, I, I still remember the first time I saw trees. It was very uh, moving. <laughs> um, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've done a lot of things, man. I, I, much like yourself, I think. You know, we're just the uh, The perpetual tradesman um, and just it, it, for for lack of better terms i don 't know if it was finding trying to find my place in this industry or this world uh, this crazy world that we live in, um, or it was just you know natural career progression driven by ambition you know there's different ways to look at it through through different eyes, but uh, you know I started as a as a horrible bartender in New Orleans, uh, worked my way into a distributor sales rep job, became a brand ambassador. With uh, with a couple of brands under the tutelage of uh, Simon Ford, worked my way up to New York City, living the dream. Uh, you know, uh, out, out there for nine years as the director of brand education and trade advocacy for Pernod Ricard, the second largest supplier in the world of spirits.
3: Yeah, yeah some little uh, po dunk, some little po operation. Yeah, and then <laughs> they'll uh, make it someday. You yeah. know,
4: I decided to uh, I decided to jump off a ledge and you know try to do <clears throat> things on my own. Take take all that experience and. And, 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 you know, bet on myself. Um, and I started a company called Simple Serve, moved out to San Diego with my wife uh, and three kids. Um, we do basically trade marketing, brand strategy. We, we call ourselves a marketing collective for, for the trade. Um, and then I opened a bar called Raised by Wolves with my partners, Eric Castro and Arsalan Tafasoli. Uh, I took over Bartender's Weekend, which I had been involved with from day one, but really took it on from a, a standpoint of trying to grow it, um, pandemic be damned. Uh, and somehow happened into a partnership with, uh, the rock Dwayne Johnson on a tequila called Terramana. So, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been busy. As I say, as I say to all my friends, you can call me Arkansas. Uh, and if you get that, you know, you'll have a laugh.
3: I mean, so. it's also, you're just, uh, you just, you, you, are of the mindset that you're going to kind of take the offer as it comes and you're going to go with it, right? That, How- that's it. I mean, you just, you just weigh, you just weigh the opportunities,
4: you know, and, um, and and I, I've grown a lot as a person, you know, in in, in this industry as well. And you know, I, I just as long as the brands and the projects that I work on have merit and are 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 credible and are doing things the right way, then count me in.
3: And how long has SimpleServe? When did you establish SimpleServe?
4: Uh, that'll be geez, about it's like four and a half years now. When I moved from New York to to San Diego. So uh, again, um, I think as Greg was saying, we measure things in holidays. That was like you know. Four and a half St.
3: Patrick's Days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, And talk a little bit more about um, one of the things that I've been constantly sort of watching over the past few years. I've never made it out for one. In fact, I was going to make it out for this past one, and then, you know, the thing that we constantly talk about uh, happened. Uh, Talk a little bit about Bartender's Weekend and what that is and what it means to you and and the community at large in San Diego and and even beyond.
4: Well, I'll tell you this. It means a lot to the community in San Diego because – for, for a long time. And even as someone moving, you know, I was from Southern California originally, and I've lived in San Diego before in my life, but having moved away to places like New Orleans and New York, um, for, you know, a span of about 15 years, uh, and coming back, there was some protectionism that I walked into, uh, about bartenders weekend, about some of the, the local, uh, bartenders, you know, and, and who's this guy from New York coming in and telling us what, what we're doing now and this and that. And so I kind of had to, prove my worth uh and 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 work hard put the time in to get things going and to ensure consistency and um and protect the the event as it was um it it was a bit strange at first uh, I think we've all become friends since then but um it's basically a giant networking event it's not it's not meant to be a tales of the cocktail or a bcb like it's not about seminars we in fact don't have any seminars we we've purposely not allowed seminars um we feel like those are covered uh you know and it's not it's not that it's not a place for business um, because, you know, we're definitely not selling things. There's no trade booths and this and that. But but we rely on what we do best as hospitality professionals, and that's, I think, our people skills. Like if you're if you're not a people person, you'd be in the wrong business. Um, and so by doing this, we're bringing people together from all facets of the industry, whether you're a sales rep or a brand ambassador or a marketer or a bartender or a bar owner or a busboy or a bar back a server, whatever, we're putting everybody on on the same playing field and allowing, like, genuine relationships to form. And, you know, people have gotten married who met at Bartender's Weekend. People have gotten jobs from Bartender's Weekend. People have lost jobs from going to Bartender's Weekend, I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's one of those things, but it's it's kind of like an oven by the people, oven for the people, excuse me, uh, kind of an event. And that's why some brands don't understand it. Those are the ones that don't get involved, but most of them do. And they realize that by putting their brand in these organic settings... They're building emotional connections with people, whether they realize it or not, um, and and that's more powerful than any kind of ad or or brand strategy or sampling event you could put together.
3: You know, sure. I feel like maybe you've kind of staked your uh, reputation on that emotional connection to people, right? Uh, you know, you you you've, when you were with Pernod Ricard and hosting all of the uh, events at Tales of the Cocktail that you did, and, and uh, Speed Rack uh, being the MC for that, and uh, you really you really got people to embrace it and embrace you, right? Well, that's the
4: thing, right? So, as far as sales, like I'm not a shark. I never was, but I was successful in the field because I cared more about the relationship than than the actual quota, so to speak, you know. And I'm the kind of person who would rather start a conversation today that's going to lead to, you know, a, a ton of business down the road than try and like sell you in on something that you don't need right now, uh, just just to hit a number or something like that. And you see that a lot of that. I I, I feel bad for some of these guys, I mean, those big, the big distributors definitely, you know, they, they, they're, they're beholden to numbers. That's how they make their money. Um, and then that translates down through the ranks and some people can handle it and some people can't, you know? Um, but I think really once you, once you are providing a more of a value, when you're, when you're see, when you show up to a place and, and the manager or the buyer doesn't want to hide in the back room because you walked in the door, like, you know, you you know, you're doing something right, you know? And I've always taught my people, whether it was, you know, even my own practice or the brand ambassadors that I managed over the years is like add value, always go into a situation trying to add value, even if it doesn't relate to what you're selling or doing at that moment. And the best example I can think of is I had hired, um, for one of the brands I, I, you know, I worked on and had a team of ambassadors with, um, I hired, a a, a gal who, who was also a Cicerone and, uh, you know, for me, she, she didn't necessarily have all the set uh, at the time but I saw the potential in her and and she could walk into a bar and change out their tap lines and clean their you know clean their lines uh before even starting a conversation about the brand that she worked on and like I thought that was super powerful and
3: impactful did that bear out did you did you see some return from that that from that particular approach
4: in uh, everyone in everyone again it's like that's the skill set right is like go in there provide value like your your first couple of your first couple of you know Attempt should not be about trying to win. It should be about trying to get to know the bar, the people that work there, even the customers, down to that level uh, and make in making relationships and forging relationships and then and then finding out where you can fit in and how you can add value to that program
3: i mean I, it sounds so intuitive to me, uh, especially when, when I operate a bar that 's so specific, and you know brand ambassadors for brands that have no place on my bar will come in to visit me it 's like a cold call they didn 't do any homework they 're trying to sell me something that has no bearing on what i'm trying to do or the thing i'm trying to promote it's just a a, i feel like that that value at that valuation that you can add is just do your homework
4: yeah and and at least try and find the angle even if like you said it's not it's not a product that you need today but but try and find an angle that works for that establishment and and maybe there could be a, a you know it might be a brand that you would have not thought twice about but then all of a sudden you know the and of course the pandemic has changed everything right um but there might be an opportunity now, and 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 because you know, drinks change, palates change, programs change, um, and you know, I, I think the other thing too is I I've, I've really, I think I've mellowed out, man. Leaving New York and moving to the beach, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, I just I don't necessarily care as much, right? Again, like I said earlier, is like our philosophy at Raised by Wolves and all the products that we sell and we carry there is. I don't care if it's a big brand or if it's a small brand or if it's craft or micro-distilled or made by, in like by the millions. Is it something that I would serve at home to my friends and family? That's the question I ask myself. And if, and if, I, if the answer is yes, then let's try and figure out a way to, to work it in, whether it's now or, or next, next menu rollout or whatever, next season. Um, but, but that's the criteria now versus over-scrutinizing things.
2: Yeah, my bar's the opposite. I, I will take on any product you bring in and pitch to me because I'm very lonely these days and I just I don't have any friends, you know.
4: So, everyone go see Damon, uh bring your bring your, you know, your portfolio or uh, whatever. I, I'm now all about those the verticals. Well, look, I you know, I'm in I'm in a weird position now where, you know, I can't drink, you know, and um uh, it's it's not a, it's not by choice. I I've, I've never seen myself as someone that, I I've always had a a relationship with alcohol. Uh, I was raised in a very European kind of family. My my mother's Italian. My dad's born in Ireland. Um, it was always a, a there and available and and never abused really. And um, and then uh, after after coming down, I, I jumped the shark with this cancer conversation. I don't want this. To, I don't want this to take over the conversation. But being diagnosed with pancreatic cancer back in uh, in July, uh, you know, your pancreas is what processes alcohol. You know, it's it's fat and sugar and all those things and without it, you know, and uh, so I, I, I've not been told I can't have a drop. I mean, I've definitely been told I shouldn't drink. Um, but you know, a glass of wine here and there, they say, okay, I haven't touched anything. And so it's funny, uh, having to still evaluate spirits and do things, uh, and work on brands. I, I my, my olfactory sense and my, and my sense of smell has become greatly heightened during all of this. And I'm able to, do more with just smelling things now than I ever have in my life. And, um, and I, I even have you know, backups to, to make sure I'm not crazy, some mentors and peer reviews that I'll they'll say, hey, here's, here's my tasting notes based on my evaluation of, of smelling and, 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 and just sightseeing the product and putting up against theirs. And, and when they come to, to equal terms, it's like, okay, great, this is working. So it's, it's funny to work on all these things and not be able to drink um, and still have a passion for this industry.
2: You know? you're, you're a smellier. <laughs> <Smell the
0: air. laughs> uh, that's exactly puns. what it is always just, with the puns yeah that's uh, good y- uh,
3: well yeah i mean you just said you, you still have a passion for this industry because this industry uh granted is, is certainly revolves around alcohol but it, alcohol is not its only component and i think even the things you were just talking about about when you're a brand ambassador you're adding value you're, you're creating relationships and, um, those are the bigger parts of the mechanics of, of what it is we do let 's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor here at heritage radio network we 're going to come right back and keep talking to Chris Patino about raised by wolves. I want to hear about this, so stay tuned <laughs>
1: Just Egg is now the fastest-growing egg brand in the United States. Bring more plant-based consumers in your doors with easy-to-use Just Egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st slash hrn. That's s t slash hrn. Made from plants. Just Egg is a better egg for you and for the planet. It's healthier with no cholesterol and less saturated fat. And it's more sustainable. Just Egg uses less water and generates fewer carbon emissions. Most importantly, it's delicious. For our listeners who operate a food service establishment, you can get a sample for free. Head to ju.st hrn. That's ju.st hrn. Just Egg makes a delicious plant-based addition to any menu. It's available as a liquid scramble, great for omelets, frittatas, stir-fries, and french toast. There's also a frozen, pre-baked, folded version that's ideal for filling breakfast sandwiches or topping salads. Chef Jose Andres calls Just Egg mind-blowing, and Bon Appetit says it's so good I feel guilty eating it. Put the fastest-growing egg brand on your menu. Get a free sample of Just Egg for your restaurant at ju.st/hrn.
2: And we're back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. In the studio today, we have our good buddy Chris Patino. We have been catching up and I think Souther was talking about
3: not ever being able to go to Raised by Wolves. You, have you not been? I've not been to Raised by Wolves. Uh, last time I was in San Diego, it wasn't open yet. But I do, uh, pre, pre-corona, pre when the bars were operating, anyone who told me they were headed to or from or uh, you know, going to be in the San Diego area, I would say to them, you've got to go to Raised by Wolves. It's probably the most beautiful bar I've never seen, simply based on the photographs, uh, plus the it's got a bottle shop out front. It's just a fascinating uh, style of of operation, and I want you to tell us all about it, Chris. You
4: and all the judges for World's Fifty Best, apparently. So they're <laughs> no, <I'm> kidding. Uh, <laughs> who cares about
3: awards? Uh, uh, anyway, we, anyway, you know, we all we all scream that at the top of our lungs. I don't yeah. like it. The, the awards don't yeah. mean a damn thing anyway.
4: We, we, you know, in that sense, we kind of are a flyover city. You know, like uh, we're not, are you know, the the people who judge you know, again. If you don't live in London and New York, then you're you're not going to make the list these days. But I digress. Um, no, that's not what we're in the business of. We're, we're in the business of, of, you know, hospitality and really more than anything, we're experience driven, right? You, the way that Raised by Wolves was set up, we're in a shopping mall. We're literally in a shopping mall across from like an Apple store and a locker loam coffee. Um, you walk in and you walk into a bottle shop uh, because we're in a mall. We we took that opportunity to say, well, let's, we should have something to sell to people walking by a shop that you can walk in and browse and, you know, our curated selection of, of wine and spirits. Um, and so you, you, you come in and basically you look around and everyone comes in for the same thing. There's a fireplace in the middle of this beautiful ornate bottle shop. Um, and very much influenced by Scooby-Doo late one night, um, is that rotating <laughs> fireplace. It was like a childhood <laughs> dream, right? Uh, and we made that a reality. Um, You basically sit down at the fireplace uh if you have a reservation or if we have space available then the host will spin you into the bar uh and transform you and take you out of that mall and now bring you into our environment bring you into raised by wolves bring you into our our version of hospitality um and so you know the the drinks are great um and the drinks are are obviously a big important part of 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 what we do but lots of bars are serving great drinks these days i mean you can get a decent old-fashioned now at like a, a a chili's you know um and and so, what can we do to make you come back and keep you coming back? And I think that's that's what we get through like every attention given to every detail in that place, including like the the bar stools coming from from London and some of the most bespoke uh, you know wood carvings and even the flooring. And you know, Damon, as he as he mentioned uh, to me off off camera or off uh, of. This this conversation that he'd been in the bathroom at Raised by Wolves. Um, it, the, the bathroom itself, the bathroom itself at our bar is an experience. Like you walk yeah. in and there's like a, a starscape on the on the ceiling and like you know lots of brass and I won't get into it. You have to see it for yourself, but uh, don't don't skip out on that. Um, and and, and you one know, of
2: my favorite things about that bar is that it's a round bar.
4: Uh, so Ish. no, you're right. <laughs> you know, you're right. Visually and for that space it commanded a round bar. That's yeah. the way it flows. I will tell you this, anyone who's planning on opening a bar, or do, don't 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 do a round bar. I'm not saying uh, <laughs> that I would open a round bar. I'm saying I
2: would I love sitting at a round bar.
4: Everything everything on your back bar and your underbar, it has to be custom made. Right. Um and 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 in in that vein, anytime something goes wrong, you have to get specialized people to come out and help you. So it it, it definitely while it's beautiful and if you know if, if it's not part of your overall scheme uh then I would say try and find a place for a nice uh you know l shaped bar <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. but it is gorgeous and it is fun and it is, it is uh, it's part it controls the flow and it allows bartenders you know although we have four stations and your station at, at one well, it allows you to have converse with everybody in in the place um there's a nice flow to it.
3: What drove the decision to also be a bottle shop? And, and uh, you know, again, every fucking state has different laws. Uh, like, I couldn't do that here in New York. How are you allowed to do that there? Um, that's a great question. We actually have two
4: licenses. Uh, so, so the bottle shop has its own off-sale license versus the, the bar. So th- they're separate inventories. Everything's separated, right? The entrance, um, you, you walk through and you go through another entrance. So it's because you know ideally, in a perfect world I'd be allowed to like you'd be allowed to buy a bottle in the shop and then drink it in the bar wouldn't that be cool, right? Um, but we can't operate like that, so it was because of the dual licenses and then again, just the purpose for really having the bottle shop was you know taking advantage of the fact that we were in a shopping mall um, and uh you know the mall opens early uh, in the day and the bar opens late in the afternoon, and what can we do to kind of maximize revenue and and do something cool for people who didn't necessarily come for a drink, but want to kind of come in and check things out. And, um, we, we do a good job of, of kind of curating the spirits that we carry, um, and trying to keep things fresh. Nothing's precious. Like the, 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 the thing that is, you might have a spot on our shelf for the season, uh, but we might want to move you out, uh, even if you were selling well, we might want to change it out just to kind of keep things fresh. And we, you know, we're not a BevMo or uh, one of those uh, large retail stores. And nothing against them, but we can't carry everything. You know, we have to be mindful about what we bring in. Yeah, Curational. it should be
2: noted that uh, the shop itself is also gorgeous, and it's very well curated. It's it's very boutique in style. It is.
4: Thank you. Yeah, yeah we, I take great pride in that, especially that. That's one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I would spend a lot of time in there myself, and just you know, from everything from dusting bottles to you know rearranging uh, displays and stuff. I just I keep things moving and. I I didn't know I loved doing like off-premise kind of retail, bottle shop sales, but I, I I truly do because you get to have a like a real conversation with people that's not rushed because you're not you know you don't have like uh, tickets printing uh, you know in the background and trying to catch up on drink orders you you can give the time and tell the stories of these products and what's in the bottle and how they're made and uh, people people get really engaged
2: and most of them are somewhat sober. <laughs>
4: yeah yeah surprisingly (laughs) surprisingly they they speak back and you have like you know intellectual conversations and no um yeah it's 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 a really kind of cool thing and we do a little bit of sampling in the store that's actually what i love too is someone comes in and they're like i don't know about this i can just grab a bottle and like pour a little sample and you know here you go try it what do you think and talk about it you know
3: i mean Um, it seems like this is a a a A marriage of your your skill sets. You started as a bartender, then you went into the brand side, and then now you're uh, being able to kind of do both things as a retail seller.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is the best of both worlds. And I think, I will tell you this though, I think, although like you mentioned, you wouldn't be able to get that license in New York, I'd say like because of the pandemic, we're starting to see those changes in regulation in our industry. And I think that that might not be far off, you know, or if you truly wanted to now.
3: Yeah, I mean, as it stands currently, we can do that, and we are. You know, we built a yeah. uh, we built general store at Amori Margo out front of the new Amori Margot Reserve, and we are we are uh, able to, and we are selling bottles. But we know that that's got a finite time limit on it. Hopefully, uh, well, it
4: doesn't though. You know, yeah. and I think that's for uh, look look. Our industry has never had a voice, right? And we're, we're learning that now, but we're finding a voice through some of the organizations that have de- definitely stepped up uh, during this pandemic. Um, but. For for me and and working for some of these big brands, I was always disturbed by the fact that no one wanted to rock the boat. Everyone was f- afraid of repercussion from like the state liquor authorities, the federal government, and stuff. No one no one asked the questions why all these archaic laws that stem from prohibition, nearly a hundred years ago. Uh, you know, 90, or 80, whatever years it is now, can't do math. Um, no one ever questions why. They just, they just, they're afraid to rock the boat. And so uh, I think now because of this, a lot of these myths have been disproven. Like, they're, you know, it's like, oh, you can't drink outside because if people are allowed to take their drinks with them, it's going to be chaos in the streets. And well, guess what? Now we are, and there's nothing wrong. There's no problems. There's no issues. You know, it, um, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, People are afraid to change for change's sake, but the times have changed and the industry has changed, and I think that we need legislation that backs that up.
5: Well, I'm I'm really curious about that because, and I and I just want to just put it out there. I love asking people to predict the future on the show. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, but I, I I I was really touched by what you said about you know this is a real. Opportunity for the industry to advocate for itself and to advocate against these antiquated out-of-date laws and you know, I, I, I Would like to ask you to sort of read the tea leaves for a second and ask, you know, what what can and what should we do after this? Like what where where are some positive steps we can take out of, you know Some of the changes that have come about from these changing times and use them to build back better as as our industry slowly comes back to life
4: well, I think it starts with taking the initiative. Like it's just like taking that first step. And I think what we've seen, uh, maybe maybe people like us bartenders, bar owners, maybe we couldn't be bothered. Um, maybe it's because there's such a high level of competition in major cities for for food and drink. You know um, that coalitions and bonds haven't been formed aside from like you know the the NRA, National Restaurant Association, stuff like that. You don't see much alliance between. Uh, operators, um, and so there's no shared voice. There's no lobbying arm, um, and I think what we've learned though is it's like people now are building relationships with their with their state and local authorities, Congress people, etc. That they didn't have before, um, and just just starting the conversation is is the first step. And I think we're starting to see that now. Um, the only example I could tell you from before, like pandemic, was up in San Francisco, and I don't know the exact details, but there were bars that were getting shut down and and cited for um for pre-batching cocktails you know even just even just cutting to shave time and cut steps you know no no shady business um and they were able to work uh locally and and have and have some rules changed to help bars be able to do that Um, and that was that was a while a while back but but that's the stuff that needs to happen it's like it's literally starting the conversation it's literally reaching out in in numbers to the right people because if, if, your, if your congresspeople don't know that there's a problem or like, don't see a reason to change things, they're not going to fight for it. But they are going to fight for votes and they're going to fight for their constituents that, um, that raise good points. And I, I think what we've done, for example, is we've shown that we can do things differently. Like to-go drinks, why, why can't you serve a to-go drink? what. What's the problem with that? You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Right, right. You, can order, you can order a meal. You can order anything else off the menu, but you can't have a drink sent with your, with your meal. And I, I, you know, I, I guess if the measures are in place, it's probably mainly age verification. But now that we have companies, albeit companies that take too much money um, to do that for you, uh, to, to act as that kind of like agent of record, um, it, it, it's, it's able to happen now.
3: Yeah, it's just a matter of shifting the paradigm and examining the situation and and reevaluating where it can go from there.
4: Yeah, I totally Um,
3: agree. I want to keep talking about your personal trail, which is bartender in New Orleans, uh, brand ambassador in New York, uh, business uh, owner in San Diego. Uh, uh, And now you've taken the next step, which seems very logical to me when I lay it out like that. Uh, you're now part of a brand. You want to talk a little bit about Terramana and your your relationship with The Rock? <laughs> <laughs> I, which, which only I chuckle when I say it because, like, as we talked a little bit in the opener of the show, this business can take you in a lot of places that you may or may not ever be able to even imagine. I cannot imagine that young Patino, as he cruised around the streets of New Orleans with a Togo cocktail in his hand years ago, <laughs> Thought to himself, one day I'm going to work with a former wrestler turned megastar and, and, and have a brand together.
4: <laughs> yeah, look, it's, it's part luck, it's part hard work. You know, it's, it's all those things rolled up into one. And um, I, I was very fortunate because uh, the, the, the co-founders of Terramana with, with Dwayne Johnson are uh, Ken Austin and Jenna Fagnon, um, two lovely, lovely, super smart uh, entrepreneurs uh, in the spirits industry, and um, I had worked with them on on uh, some projects in the past, and in fact, uh, Southern came down to uh, to Mexico with me, um, and and met. I don't know if you met Jenna as well as Ken, but you definitely met Ken down there. Definitely met Ken, yes. Um, and you know, it's 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 that's what that's what I have always kind of just always work hard, always do your best, always put your best foot forward, um, uh, and, and and show up, and you know. I worked with them in the past and I kept the relationship going and so when this project came up it was really because of Ken and Jenna that they're like hey we're about to embark on this journey Um, and once they told me the details I was like wow this is is huge you know and I'm like are you sure you're sure you called the right number, you know, like, um, uh, <laughs> but, but they brought me in early. They brought me in, you know, a year before we launched, cause it will be a year old uh, on March 23rd. That'll be our one year anniversary. And by one year we would have already sold 400,000 nine liter cases, which is, is a record. It, it, it's, it was called the most successful spirits brand launch in the history of spirits. Um, and they brought me in. And so I got involved from everything from like helping to, uh, develop the, the liquid, um you know the the 113 different distillations that we that we ran to get to what's in the bottle now um to help with just them strategize on everything and where it should be and uh you know uh, cost and all that you know and um and now I basically I I I make a lot of like if you go on the website all the recipes that are on there with with few exception are recipes that I help to Developed for them and help to tell the story of the brand. And it was important for me too, that, that things were being done the right way. Obviously there's a, there's a big backlash in celebrity brands right now. Um, especially yeah, I
3: kind of wanted, I I wanted to touch on that. Not only celebrity brands, but specifically Agave Spirits, it seems are really getting a, a lot of heat right now.
4: Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, that, that model was proven by a, a few people, a few celebrities. And uh, be, because, because, you can go down and have a tequila made or, you know, or or pick a a pre-made tequila and have it bottled. And a lot of people, it's kind of the easy route. Um, It's also an emerging category. It's it's a category that's seeing growth right now, right? Like I wouldn't, if I were a celebrity, I would not want to get in the vodka market, for example, which I think in the past was the way to go, you know, because that that category is seeing growth. So I think, you know, and and I'm I'm quite certain that we'll see rum kind of coming up as maybe the next category that celebrities migrate to. Um, What I like to say, though, especially in the terms of of what this is, is The Rock is a celebrity, but we do not consider this a celebrity brand because The Rock is not a spokesperson for this tequila. He's not a paid endorser. He owns the tequila. Um, And what we did was that's different than a lot of people is we didn't just go down to a distillery in Mexico and pick a a, a pre-made tequila, you know, out out of a book. Um, We actually built our own distillery on the grounds of... Productos Finos de Agave. So we 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 partnered with um, this wonderful family. It's it's a Mexican-owned and operated distillery in Jesus Maria, and we partnered with them to uh, to uh, they basically allowed us to come in and it, it did, they they cleared out equipment and they cleared out land for us to, to build our own distillery. So our copper pot stills are our own. Um, we have a a standing order for them right now. So as soon as one still is complete, the next one's going in because that's you know, again, we want to grow, but we want to grow ethically. We want to grow sustainably, and we want to make sure we're not cutting any corners. So it's it's um we would rather run out of stock, which we have a few times this year, than to, to try and cut corners. But everything's being made there. So we have our own fermenters, our own brick ovens, our own stills, our own process, and that that's how that tequila is made. So it's not something that's made that anyone else at that distillery has access to. That other brands, you know, that are being made there don't get to use our equipment. Um, it's it's very much for us and uh, and by us. So I think that's the main difference that I'd like to point out because there's a lot of misinformation on the, uh, on the internet. I belong to a lot of the uh, Tequila Illuminati chat groups and Facebook pages. And um, I see this misinformation all the time. Um, and, and it's one of those things where, you know, you're not going to convert everybody. And there are people – look, I think there. – I love Fortaleza and I love Sienta Legos and I love a lot of the brands, you know, Ocho and things that are, that are cherished by these people. And I think we did a damn good job of creating a well-made tequila, um, you know, and, and, and doing things the right way, uh, that, that deserves a seat at the table and and it's priced, it's priced for cocktails.
2: It's, you know, um, it's, it's, it's It's quality for the money. I even just looking up, trying to see where I can find it and, and try it out. I was like, dang, this is more than reasonably priced. Yeah. Yeah. That
4: was very important. And you know, that, that was actually something that, that and we call him DJ, by the way, sorry. So I don't want to sound, you know, too, too. uh <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, DJ said, uh, you know, um it had to be affordable. That was his big thing. Because I think with his name and his reputation, we could have charged a lot more money for it. uh, And that and that was not the MO. We would rather make less money on our end and make it affordable. And, uh, you know, our, our moniker is were the tequila for the people. He, he's always been the people's champ. Our signature drink is the people's margarita. You know, it's it, it, it's everything that he does is, is thought driven it's it's not just
3: uh, a shot in the dark there, there's a reason for everything
2: that's amazing uh, yeah
3: yeah you and I had a chance to talk about this uh, a couple of weeks ago and you actually sent me a couple of bottles and I, I've gone through the, the Blanco I still haven't opened up the other one but uh, you know it's, it's pretty solidly good drinking tequila it's got a great aroma and a, and a great flavor and yeah that price point uh, is definitely made for the people and I think that's a that's a smart approach. You know, you don't want to make something that's unapproachable. You want to make something that, that can get into the hands of the people. And I think that's that's all pretty pretty well and good. And since we spoke, by the way, I, I went and watched a Dwayne Johnson movie, which i had never done before. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I watched Rampage about a big ape. Um, it's basically like a Kong movie. Uh, you know, whatever, just a little popcorn well, movie. Yeah,
4: at least you didn't start with the Tooth Fairy. That's good.
3: <laughs> this was a little. It was a, it, honestly, we had spoken, and then it popped up on my queue on uh, on Netflix or whichever, whichever thing I have. Um, I want to turn the conversation to, uh, if we can, uh, to something you know a little bit more pressing in your life. You alluded to it a little bit earlier. You have been diagnosed with stage four uh, pancreatic cancer, correct? Uh, and um, I want to talk to you about your ability to continue uh, a working at all, especially during the pandemic. Like, it seems like, man, heaping everything on you at once. Uh, but, but keeping your, uh, your, your upbeat and generous attitude, like, can you, can you just kind of talk to us a little bit about that? It's, it's, it's very uh, inspirational. It's very inspirational, Chris, is what I'm saying.
4: Yeah. I, uh, God, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's the thing where, you know, obviously we all started out on March 15th, my bar closed, um, simple serve lost, I think like 70% of its business. Um, and then you know I went to bed on a Friday and I woke up on a Saturday and I couldn't get out of bed and There were no symptoms or you know issues beforehand that I would have alluded to me having cancer um but it was July ninth that was my birthday, and that's when I found out and uh and not only was it pancreatic cancer but as you mentioned it, it was stage four it already spread to my liver um which once it' metastasizes that's your your options become limited you know and surgery is not an option for me, the the regimen I'm on now, uh, I'll I'll be getting chemo for the rest of my life, um, however long that may be. But I've got a lot going for me. I've got three amazing children. I've got a wonderfully supportive wife. And what I didn't realize is how much support I would get from the industry. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I never thought of the stuff I did as being like super impactful and we definitely live in a kind of microcosm of an industry of a, of a world. Um, but when I, when I, when I first, you know, made my quote unquote announcement, I, I was blown away by the support and the love and the affection and the positive energy and everything that was sent to me. And so I've I just, I decided at that moment that that's, that's who I want to be. Like that's, I'm still breathing and I still, you know, as, as shit and as dire as things may seem and may be, I don't know how much time I have left, but I want to live my life until I die. And I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to, and I, I've always tried to be a a pretty positive person. So it's 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 like, it's only natural that I could take this with me. Um, but I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's hard, man. It's, it's really hard. I mean, the first six months of chemo have like just wiped me out. And to be able to keep working, I just, I forced myself to do it. And I, and I brought in some good people to help me as well. That's an important important uh, step. Um, to to help support the initiatives, but um you know funny enough one of the one of the most recent clients that that we landed it's a big company and I won't mention the name I I I made the pitch from the hospital I was in a hospital bed on a Zoom call wow um and and we got and we got the we got the business you know I I, I never give up man that that shit is powerful um and I've, like I said I've had a lot of support it's funny I've gotten a lot of support from people I barely know um it's just like people have come together and it's it's just the little things it's it's the texts it's the calls it's the it's the DMs that come randomly even still that just like it just gives me that that next breath that i need you know and um i just like i said i harness it and i and i and i and i, and I channel it and um i think about the the life that i've led so far and how fortunate i've been um, and that can't be forgotten either. You know the the places I've been and having the family and all these things, and so I I, I can't complain. I I, I can't. Uh, there's 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 way worse things happening in the world than Chris Patino having cancer. So, uh,
3: sorry. Well, it, it's quite an inspiration, uh, Chris, to see you. Uh, all over, you know, uh, all over the place, social media, et cetera, still continuing to work uh, in the capacities that you work in for your various uh, endeavors. And oh, to, and can, to I, do it, can
4: I plug my shirt? Can I plug to, And to do it all t-shirt? with a smile on
3: your face. Of course we can plug the shirt. I do want to jump in real quick though. Damon just mentioned that he's got to go. Damon, uh, you want to say a little goodbye before you go or. or did yeah, man. Go? I
2: mean, oh. I, I want to keep this conversation going, yeah. but, but I actually have to get going. So, um Duty dude, calls. It's, it's
4: let's not say goodbye though let's say see you later that, exactly that'll, that'll that's right that's, that's
2: what i wanted to say <laughs> um love you bro. yeah man love you dude this is awesome I, I i'm really you're endlessly inspiring and uh wish all the best and i can't wait to get back down there and see it and uh and also drink some of your damn tequila.
4: <laughs> yes, oh, happy to serve you. Come cool. down and see us. Uh, I'll, I'll get my my second my second shot of the vaccine uh, in twenty six days from now. So nice. hopefully that'll help me get out and about a little bit more. Hell yeah! But thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it, David. And always a pleasure.
2: Likewise.
3: Yeah. Right. See you guys later. <laughs> I'll plug you, my shirt now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I wasn't gonna let that go by. Believe me. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about your your shirt. Your shirts, well, there's saw, more than one, right? Yeah, there's more than one
4: now. I started this – it was one of those things where I was talking with Dave Stolte, who's a good friend of mine. He's got a great book called Home Bar Basics now in its third um, pressing, so you should get it. Pick it up if you can. Uh, and he's also a graphic designer, and we were just sitting around, and I just came up with this idea to have a shirt that said, this T-shirt fights cancer, um, and try and sell some to raise hey, – it's a little bit of money for me. It's a. It's a little bit more money for – PanCan, which is the pancreatic action network. Um and uh and so he helped me design the first one and I thought, well what if what if we design another one? What if I just keep asking artists and maybe even industry people that are artists to help me design these shirts and keep the word and spread the word about you know raise awareness for this cancer and so we've got we Jill DeGroff just did a shirt, which is great. Um Meg Morehouse from Love and Victory did a shirt, which is which is super cool. Uh and so you go to you go to this t shirt cancer dot com. And you pick up a shirt or my, my there's a coffee mug now that says this 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 mug fights cancer dot or just this mug fights cancer that was just featured in Embiid magazine this month uh, in in their in the things that they like. So you know it's it it's not gonna change the world, but it's a start. And like I said earlier on in this conversation, it's 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 the little things we do. It's just it's just taking the first step in anything that you wanna do. Uh, whether it's changing liquor laws or opening a bar or changing professions or meeting somebody, you know. Just take the first step. you got nothing to lose.
3: That's, yeah, that's the advice I would give. I mean, it's really just about getting the conversation started because from there it can go many places.
4: Yeah. And people used to ask me, like, how did you, like, how do I, how do I do what you did or what you do? Like, I'm like, you just, you just got to take the first step. You get involved. Like, just start surrounding yourself with like-minded people or start surrounding yourself with the people who do the things that you want to do and be there for them, you know? Because believe it or not, it's always symb- it's always symbiotic. Right. Even even the people you don't expect to learn from can teach you great lessons in life. Um, and that's why my door is always open, you know.
5: Yeah. You know, I think it's it's interesting. I asked that question a lot when I was a, a young bartender and now looking back from you know the ripe the ripe old age of 31 uh, as the show's token millennial. <laughs> um, I I realize how much of that is that It's this sort of this fear of the unknown And this fear of like looking silly Or like making the wrong move Or wasting time or, or whatever it is Because now I'm, I'm starting to get that question too Which I guess means, I don't know I've done something right in my life along the way But, you know, I think it, it the best answer to that Goes back to what you were sort of talking about, Chris Is like, don't be afraid Like, don't be afraid to... Make a mistake or go what you want or go after what you want or look silly. Just, you know, jump in, meet people, ask the question you don't get if you don't ask and just be happy and be brave enough to be yourself and go after what you want.
4: I mean, life really is too short, you know, and the older you get, the more you realize that. Um, and so I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree. It's like, latch, find a mentor, latch on to people that are doing cool things in the industry that you want to be a part of. Um, and 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 I hate to use the words of Colin Appiah, although he's a, a a wise sage, is like, get involved, get, get involved, involved you know, <laughs> put a, put a hashtag on that shit and get involved. You know what I mean? Like just uh just figure it out. And, and and like you're gonna fail. It's 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 part of life. Like that's how we grow. That's how we become stronger. I've certainly failed enough times in my life. You know,
3: that is how <laughs> we in fact become experts, right? Yes. Uh, I I was being interviewed in New Zealand of all places a couple of years ago. Uh, and, and the person interviewing me, uh, said, you know, I, I I'm afraid to try things. I, I don't, I only want to drink things that are good. And I said, well, you're interviewing me because you think I'm an expert in my field. Do you believe then in your soul that I've only tasted good things? Yeah. I had to taste a lot of garbage to get to form an opinion so that I can be expert. And uh, this oh, is the I, same, this is the same it, for everything. You know, you got to fall down a bunch of times before you're going to drop in on a skateboard. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta fall a bunch of times before you're going to ride a wave on a surfboard. You know, you. you it's the problems and the hurdles that get in our way that make us expert in the end.
4: Oh, for sure. And back to your drink analogy, it's like I think it's happened to all of us where we've made a drink that we think is like the best thing we've ever made in our lives, and then it goes on the menu, and it, it, it just no one wants it. You know, it's like well, try, yeah. try something else. You know, <laughs> uh, but but you know that's that's the thing. It's like you just got you gotta try, and then next thing you know, you're muddling mortadella and a Negroni and topping it with Lambrusco and people love it. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: bologna True. negroni <laughs> so,
4: yeah the bologna negroni lives on at, at jay and tony's down here in san diego you know, you, you can get it. Uh, uh, highly recommend uh yeah five stars
3: well chris it's been a real pleasure having you on the show um can't believe we waited this long to do it um and we'd love to have you back on uh, as things progress and, and check in with you and get updates on your business and, and your life as much as you're willing to share it because you're, you're you're quite a delight. You light up rooms when you're in them. You're lighting up the airwaves today. Uh, really happy to have you with us.
4: Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's always good just to chat and catch up anyway. So. And one of the things on my questionnaire I said, What what, what do you want to talk about? I said, What's well, my bromance with Southern? you know, let's <laughs> it's, let's let's address that elephant in the room, you know what I mean? Uh um,
3: it's certainly burgeoning, right? Um <laughs> we're <laughs> it's blossoming. <laughs> uh you know, I think we were we've always been uh you know, in a bunch of rooms together, uh and you know, I think I think you, you you're right, we've kinda had a bromance going on since do you
4: think the, about the past that, six though, months, like, past I, six I, months I, or so. I think about this a lot is that there's so many people in this industry and otherwise that I want to know better. You know what I mean? And so that's actually been like a blessing of, of, of cancer, if you will, (laughs) if there's any, if there's any bright spots, is that like, it's forced me to do so. It's like, I want to have more conversations with you Souther and there's other people too. It's like, but now I'm, now I'm, instead of like just having that on the back burner, it's like, now I'm doing it like, it, now's the time. Just do it. Because a lot of the thing is, is you know, reaching out to friends and hugging your loved ones and stuff we don't do enough. Like, that's that's the stuff that's important. That's the stuff, you know. And so there's no excuses anymore.
3: Yeah. So I mean, I feel like you got sort of a double dose, right? I, we've all been suffering through COVID. I, I, I've been telling people, you know, since March of last year, I've been on the telephone, actually speaking on the telephone, more in a year than I have probably in the previous five years combined. Um, I'm reaching out to people more, I'm engaging with them, you know, not just a text, not just an email, but actually talking or now zooming or what have you um and yeah, so I can see how that's that that one thing has, has affected my approach to that, and certainly adding in that you got this diagnosis i'm you know I'm happy that you've given me some time uh, off the air to to chat and catch up and even drink tequila um that's right that's uh,
4: right more yeah. of that in the future, hopefully
3: so. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I hope so um all right. Well uh, uh again really great having you on thanks for sharing some of your uh, time with us uh, and talk to us about uh, uh simple serve uh, bartenders weekend well let's talk about that real quickly though is it not happening this year obviously didn't happen last year not happening this year but you're going to put it back on the calendar for for 2022
4: That's the dream um I I you know I would love to and so we're obviously just waiting and um just making sure that this pandemic kind of gets a hold of itself and uh like, I, I, there's a lot of people who want it to come back, and uh, again, I, I want to I wanna please, so that would be the plan to do it next March, um, a year from now, which seems like a long ways away, but if you count the holidays, Greg, it's not that far off. It's true. <laughs> yeah, if you count your year just by the holidays.
5: It's only two St. Patrick's Days away.
4: That's right. It'll be here in less than two St. Patrick's days.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'd love to have you back on to talk about Simple Serve and Raised by Wolves and Bartender's Weekend and uh, This Shirt uh, Fights Cancer um, and, and all the great things that that's going to that yield. Um, and we'll put all that stuff in the show notes so people can easily uh, clink, uh, click links to go and pick up those shirts and, and products. and 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 help you in your cause and help other people as well because because the money's not uh, just for you it's for it's for the cause at large as well right that's right that's right
4: I, I I made that that was a very important thing to me is is like i'm I'm not alone in this uh, i want to raise awareness i want to help other people as i can um and so that's why uh yeah, we we split the profits with uh with charity
3: yeah brilliant uh you know ever uh, ever community minded i think that's uh that's that's something you've always been um always thinking about the community around you uh, well once again thanks so much for joining us Chris Patino uh, from uh, Simple Serve and Raised by Wolves uh, that's it for this week's episode of the Speakeasy uh, so uh, tune in to Heritage Radio Network for plenty more shows just like this one uh, and we'll see you next week thanks so much guys cheers cheers
1: cheers so you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load knows that country music's gonna save your soul the devil runs. Get
3: you the, the Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network.
2: Heritage Radio Network is a non-profit organization